Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Charitable Georgia. Brought to you by Bees Charitable Pursuits and Resources. We put the fun in fundraising. For more information, go to beescharitablepursuits.com. That's B-E-E-S charitablepursuits.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Pruitt. Good, fabulous Friday morning. It's another fabulous Friday. It's nice and crisp outside. I like the way the morning feels. And Sharon got to ride in on her motorcycle, so <laughs> that was cool seeing you come in there. Well, thank you. Glad to have you back. I guess Stone's at another function, so always good to have you here with us, Sharon. Again, I'm, I'm glad that you do this because I would not be able to work the board, but... We've got two fabulous guests this morning, and today's show, if you don't know about Charitable Georgia, it's first time listening, this is all about positive things happening in the community, and today's show is all about community. We've got two uh, gentlemen here who love their communities and do all kinds of stuff for the community, so we're going to jump right in with our first guest, Chuck Burge. Good morning, Brian. Chuck, glad you're here. I know you've had some uh, medical issues this past month, but I'm glad you're up and about and out and able to join us this morning. So Nobody is happier about it than me, I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Sharon, I was sharing you before we got on air how small of a world it is and how we all know each other, but Chuck and I met several years ago, probably close to almost 10 years, I guess. Seven, eight, something like that. Yeah, yeah. so uh, and I, when I met him, I was working for a digital marketing agency, and he had interviewed for that same agency, and then we just started networking the same places and doing all kinds of stuff. And Chuck is no stranger to the microphone. He's been on with Stone a couple of times, and um, you have your own shows that you do, and uh, but you also are no stranger to big events. So if you don't mind just sharing about your background, then we'll get in and talk about Arioke in just a minute. Okay, here. Thanks, Brian. Uh, yeah, I have been in the kind of entertainment marketing world since the early 90s, I guess. Um, some of you may remember when Diet Pepsi did the You Got the Right One Baby Uh-huh yes. tour with Ray Charles and the Uh-huh Girls. I was fortunate enough just – Happened to be in the right place at the right time and wound up being one of their uh, MCs and hosts. So anytime they were between Orlando, Nags Head, Nashville, and uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, uh, I would fly and perform with them and be with them on stage in front of 10, 15,000 people. So that's kind of where I got my guts to get up on stage and do stuff. So uh, ever since then, I uh, I became number two most requested corporate disc jockey in Metro Atlanta for six years. Uh, DJ for 35,000 people in the Georgia Dome and did Vander Holyfield's 4th of July party and a lot of stuff for Bill Elliott, the Braves. Did the grand opening of Phillips Arena and I actually got to sing uh, Under the Boardwalk with Lenny Wilkins, the nice. house coach, which was one of my favorite memories. That was really, really cool. And then got into creating grassroots marketing campaigns for General Motors and Singular Wireless and Dunkin' Donuts and uh, had a really good career of doing that till about 2008. When the economy tanked and um, our company kind of folded and I just started doing everything locally that I was doing nationally and uh, just kind of built my own brand. And Arioke is kind of like my signature event. Uh, Arioke is an event that I do for the 9-11 Fallen Heroes Project. And the first two years we had it at uh, Cobb International Airport. Um, we emptied a hangar. We had an airplane face the hangar. 
wrapped a stage around the nose of the plane. First year, we had 250 people in the audience. Last year, we had 450 people in the audience. We brought 40 people up to sing karaoke. And then four finalists come back up, and somebody wins a thousand bucks. Very, very successful. WSB came out and covered it last year and did a two-minute piece on it. Uh, we had silent auction. We still have silent auction, but we had food trucks out there and then. But we've grown so much that we're now moving it to the Strand Theater in Marietta, and eventually we may convert it from Arioke to Squareoke. Nice. But right now we don't want to lose the branding that we've got, so we're going to stick with Arioke. And it'll be September 30th of this year, and we've got the whole strand rented out where we're going to do the silent auction up on the fourth floor. We actually have artifacts from Ground Zero at 9-11, from 9-11 that will be there for photo ops and all that stuff. So it'll be a fun event. Uh, Sharon's going to come sing. I'm just talking <laughs> to her about second. that. And, uh, <laughs> but I better you, practice now. I'm buying yeah, tickets just to see that. <laughs> well, that's the whole premise. You know, the whole thing we have five live judges there, but the whole premise is come sing and bring all your friends to vote for you, and that's how you can win the fifteen hundred bucks. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to do VIP tickets. I don't know if you're familiar with the Strand Theater or not, but they have like four hundred seats in the downstairs general admission and one hundred and thirty, I think, up in uh, the balcony. And there's also like a Lemire sports bar or a lounge on uh, the second floor. So that's going to be the VIP level. So everybody that's VIP pays like $100 a ticket, but they get fed and they have free access to roam back and forth. And we'll block off a couple of the first rows and the downstairs if they want to sit down there too. So uh, $250 will get you in uh, the swag bag. Everybody's going to get a swag bag when they leave. Two levels, VIP and general admission. And uh, just a good opportunity to – Reach 500-plus people, plus I don't know how many online. Like I said, last year, WSB covered it, and we got you know millions of views uh, on our website from that. So, Is it still possible for people to sign up and take part? Yeah, we have 20. We were reducing the number of singers from 40 to 25 to try to shorten the event, um, and but we also raised the prize uh, limit from uh, $1,000 for the winner to $1,500 for the winner. So, yep. Everybody can sign up. Go to Arioke, and you misspelled it horribly on the post, but it's A I R A. Let me have a look. There you go. A I R A O K E dot org. If you look at Arioke dot org, you'll see all the that's information. My editor wasn't a brown yesterday, so it's my fault. It always is. <laughs> so, uh, but that's pretty much sums up Arioke. Like it's a lot of fun. It's unique. It's not a golf tournament. It's not a five k. It's something nobody else has done before. First year we didn't know what we were getting into, but now everybody loves it and. Uh, I, I love producing it, and it's it's just something that's fun. Music and sports are my two big gigs, and this takes care of the music. So, is it still possible for a business to be on Jumping Bar for any sponsorships? Yep, sponsorships run from like two fifty to thirty five hundred dollars. So, you again look on Arioke All the information there, or you can reach out to me at Chuck at Arioke dot org or seven seven zero four two eight nine nine three zero. Once again in Marietta, that's seven seven zero four two eight nine nine three zero. Awesome. So you also have two shows that you do, uh, Facebook live shows, correct? I do. Um, uh, I, I, I do it to support some friends that uh, have had prostate cancer, and uh, it's called Three Guys Who Love Sports. Like I said, that's my other passion. So at 5 o'clock on Wednesdays at Miller's Ale House in Kennesaw, uh, we do Three Guys Who Love Sports. First time you're on, it's free. Second time, it costs you 100 bucks. And we'll uh, give $75 of that to help pay somebody's prostate cancer bill that can't afford it and help with that. And happen to have a friend of mine named Carrick Martin. Carrick is uh, – he works for uh, – 
he used to be Vining's Bank. They just got bought by somebody. I can't remember. Georgia's own credit yep. union. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So, Kerry, uh, I wanted to have him on to talk about Kennesaw State sports because Kennesaw State's now the second largest school in the state of Georgia. People don't know that. Just had their first ever football player drafted to the NFL yep. last week. Travis Bell, he was on our show a few weeks ago. So, I had Carrick on and uh, and just talk about KSU sports, and he invited me and Robert, my co-host, to come out to a Dogwood Golf Club the following week and produce uh, and go live from there. Uh, I think it was U.S. Open last June, and do the show there. So we did, and he pulled me and Robert off. So I said, would you guys be interested in doing a show just about KSU sports? And Robert and I looked at each other and said, well, yeah. I said, we don't know anything about it now, but we'll learn. So we started that on August 17th, and now we do three guys who love sports at 5 o'clock, and at 7 o'clock we do uh, – we do uh, the Owls Who Live Sports, the acronym, the Owl Show. And we interview coaches and players and ex-players and fans. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know. And I, I got really wrapped up in the basketball team. I know Sharon said she went to a couple of games. I went to Greensboro to watch the game up there. So I, don't, I think I missed one men's home game. Uh, but like this last week, uh, this past Wednesday, we had Kel McDaniel, the coach, uh, track coach on, and a couple of the kids that had just broken uh, Atlantic Sun records at the track meet last week. So – it was a blast. They wrote me that day, so we can't wait to be back on the show. And we got a pretty good following, probably 15, 20 people come out and watch the show every week now. And, uh, again, we've given money to the Owl Collective, which is the, like the NIL arm of uh, KSU to help raise money. Because we say on the show every week, you know, you give 500 bucks to uh, to Georgia or to Georgia Tech or Clemson or Alabama, it doesn't mean anything. You give 500 bucks to Kennesaw, you become part of the family. And I've learned that. I've made so many new friends from uh, doing this show, and it's just a lot of fun. So um, that pretty much sums up my life, Brian. Am I done? <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite. Not oh, okay. quite. Uh, for, real quick, too, is there an opportunity for businesses to sponsor any of those shows? Yep. A uh, hundred bucks a month. Um, we'll get you a show, and you'll get you a commercial on both shows uh, every week. And, uh, again, same phone numbers, 770-428-9930. And I think our phone number is... Seven 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 go owls or no go sports no four seven zero seven sports is is the K is the other number and the other one's four seven zero nine go owls there so, you go there you go so yeah. another another cool thing I don't know if you know this Sharon so another former owl who played football is now the NXT WWE wrestling champion no is he really yeah Braun Breaker Rick, yeah. Rick Steiner's son so oh, I gotcha. um, but it's cool so uh, and the other thing you know Sharon you talked about you at the station I worked in the athletic department. Two different stints at KSU, some one time ninety through ninety five and then again oh six to oh eight. So Were you there with George? Was, yes. George Oldie? Yeah, yeah, that was my second stint. Wait, so do you know was, more people together? You guys are funny. Like yes. you have lots of like intertwining histories. Yeah, we do. We do. So so I do want to ask you, Chuck, um, you do a lot within the community, uh, other than this, you network all the time and and stuff. So why is it important to be part of the community? Why do you do what you do? Well, you know, uh, it's funny. I've, I've lived here my whole life. Uh, my brother used to run the YMCA back when he was on Austin Avenue in Marietta back in the 60s and 70s. And that's kind of when I got a feel for what he did and helping kids and all that stuff. And uh, we took a group of kids, 46 underprivileged kids, to International Falls, Minnesota. And we canoed to Canada for five days wow. and that was a trek but uh I, I loved his passion for helping people and helping other organizations and I've always been involved i actually started the fellowship of christian athletes chapter at kennesaw junior college and also at georgia southern and uh just always been involved in some way it's just i've been blessed so much and i just want to give back 
and I, I volunteer for Must Ministries. I was on the phone with Tom Goner this morning, and he was calling me to see how I was doing. But uh, I, it's I'm fortunate enough to uh, be old enough to collect Social Security, mm-hmm. and all my bills are paid for. So now, what I do is the things that I love and the things I'm passionate about. So. That's awesome. Yeah, I was part of SCA when I was at Kennesaw State as well the first time and got to hear Mark Merrill come, another wrestler. I'm a big wrestling fan too, so as you can tell. But um, but anyway, so, well, Chuck, I thank you for coming and sharing just a little bit of your story. Just If you don't mind, just hang out for a minute. We're going to listen to this next gentleman and because uh, i got a couple other questions for you as well uh, as we go along. But Tim Turner from Satisfeed, thanks for being here this morning. My pleasure. It's so Tim, I get, gets the the prize for coming the furthest. He drove all the way from Gwinnett this morning to be here. <laughs> I didn't so, get on the road until five thirty. Yeah, so well, I wasn't even up yet. So, <laughs> wow. Um, so we also found out Tim and I share uh, some background too. He came from Dayton, Ohio, in nineteen seventy nine, and I came from Dayton, Ohio, in nineteen seventy nine. Um, he also was a sports information director for Miami, Ohio, and I worked in the SID department at Kennesaw State. So it's just all entangling it's pretty cool tim so share about satisfied what you guys do your vision and why you're passionate about what you're doing satisfied feeds people and we start with food because we know hunger interferes with healing uh, back in 2001 um, my wife and i and our five children had just gotten back from a two-month uh, missions trip to australia and uh, uh, we were there for the 2000 Summer Olympics and Paralympics, which was just a life-changing. Um, so we come back, and my boys are teenagers, and so they wanted to play baseball. So I enrolled them in uh, fall baseball in Dunwoody. And uh, one of their uh, teammates, his dad, was running a food co-op in downtown Atlanta. Actually, within the shadow, the shout of Grant, Grant Park Zoo. And it, they tell the story that they could hear the lions roaring at night as they were getting ready to go to bed. So anyhow, uh, I got to start talking with Chad, who's the dad. And the more we talked, the more incredulous it became. It did. It, it, it wasn't logical to me that in the breadbasket of the world, there was this much hunger. Uh, Chad Hale was running a ministry in downtown Atlanta, a food ministry, and he had created 25 food co-ops of 25 families who would come two Thursdays a month to come together, unload the truck, stock the, stock the shelves, pack the banana boxes, and then create community with each other to learn what they needed, what was, what was going well, where, the, where, the, where were they suffering, and how could they help each other. And the more I learned about it, the more smitten I became, and so I just, I just I kept meeting with Chad. Uh, he had a passion for baseball. So once a year, we would go down to the Braves Stadium, Turner, Turner Field, 
specifically on the day that Georgia and Georgia Tech would play their, their fundraising game. And we would go to the barbecue place diagonally across the street called Daddy D's, which it's unbelievable. The bar, and it is so throwback. Uh, it it just it 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 is a shack, but the food that comes out of that place is to die for. So, Chad and I would continue to talk, and um, then one day I uh, I picked up the phone and called the board of education, and I said, nine months out of the year, you feed the kids. What happens to ten weeks of the summer? And it took them about two months to get back to me. And they said, well, we feed the kids who come to summer school for that three-week period of time. But they have to get to them. They have to get to us. And they have to get home. And I said, that's not a solution. 53% of your students are receiving free and reduced nine months out of the year. We're talking about... 100,000 students, not every student has to go to summer school. And they, they just kind of threw up their hands and said, that's what we do. So I started thinking about it, trying to figure out what was going on. And then um, I launched a mobile food pantry in December of 2012. And I had a I had a little rider box truck, the yellow truck. And so in a driving rainstorm, we went to an apartment complex that had 72 apartments. And we distributed 72 boxes of food to the the apartments. It was principally 100% Hispanic. Many of the apartments, they were only two-bedroom apartments. Many of those apartments had six or eight construction workers. And it was, you know, they they were thrilled. Turns out that there were two single moms in the complex who were uh, preparing empanadas for the workers. So they would go to their houses in the morning and pick up their lunch. And they'd come home at night and go to the ladies and pick up their dinner. So the ladies had had a cooking business right in the complex and and the guys were getting the food that they that brought back wonderful memories of home. Turns out one of the guys, one of the construction workers, had been in the States for over twenty years. He was sending money back to Mexico every every time he got paid. He put his daughter through dental school. Wow. Uh, yeah, it just that it was incredible to me. Um, from the from the mobile pantry, I then was distributing food two Thursdays a month. I was going to the west side of Atlanta in my my yellow rider truck, coming back to Duluth, setting up a mobile operation, tables, food. They would come down the hill with their banana boxes or their laundry baskets, pick up the food and go back. And then my food source became too many carbs and not enough protein. Mm. 
So I shut it down. That's when I was introduced to Must Ministries, summer lunch. So uh, in the summer of 14, we launched summer lunch. And uh, that first summer, we served like 5,000 brown bag lunches, uh, running three different routes just within a 10, 15-minute drive time of our commissary. And we did that for f- five five summers. So in the summer of 18, it had grown from 5,000 to 25,000. And we had an additional satellite location. But it was brown bag lunches. And so we were barely scratching the surface of the hunger issue, the food insecurity that that existed. But we were doing something. And that's that was the bottom line for me. We can't just turn our backs on it. We got to do something. Um, September of 18, I converted from summer lunch to a full-fledged food pantry. Mirror image of what Chad Hale had trained me and taught me. And so at that point, um, we began serving families two Saturdays a month. And they were, not only were they receiving, but they were also volunteering. They were helping us to unload the truck, stock the shelves, clean the pantry, and distribute the food. It was, it was just a wonderful situation. And I was, I was just very, very, I was very encouraged by the entire process. Shortly after we launched the pantry, we also launched a recovery uh, program on Wednesday nights. And the director of the recovery program came to me and said, Tim, can we start feeding these folks that are coming for the recovery meeting? And I thought about it for about a minute. And I said, well, sure. So we then began every Wednesday night, I would get volunteers from the recovery group and they would help me pack the bags and then we would distribute the bags to the folks as they were leaving the, the, the recovery meeting. COVID hits. Just before COVID, we were serving 45 families and about 50 folks in recovery. Every uh, Families, two Saturdays a month, recovery every week. When COVID hit, we went to 500 families a week. Wow. And we were operating out of... Uh, 950 square feet and we we had 19 refrigerators or chest freezers that we had all of our all of our food in and that first saturday after covid uh, my kids had sat me down the night before and said dad you are not going in to distribute food i said you're killing me and they said, you're not going. So I went. <laughs> I went at 6 o'clock in the morning. I set everything up. And then I handed it off to my volunteers. And I said, y'all know how to do this. Um, here's all the food. This is hot. And I went home. And I was like a caged animal for the next four hours. Uh, I just kept 
pacing back and forth and pacing back and forth. And my wife was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> so um, at, at the end of that distribution, we had served 135 families. And there was not a speck of food left in the 19 refrigerators and freezers. It looked like the grasshoppers had come in and eaten everything. Um, the cars were backed up for over a mile, and the police were very concerned. And they, kept, they came knocking on my door and saying, what are you doing? And they said, I'm feeding the people. And they said, well, I can't, have these, I can't have all these cars backed up. So I had to figure out the traffic situation. All that to say, uh, from that point in March of 20 to today, we are still serving every Saturday. Wow. And now we move from the intersection of Peachtree Industrial and Pleasant Hill over in Duluth to the parking lot that's immediately adjacent to Gwinnett Striper's baseball stadium and um, my guests start lining up at 6.30 in the morning so by the time we open the doors euphemistically open the doors at 9 o'clock because we're still doing a drive-thru there's somewhere around 70 or 80 cars in line which represents over 100 families because uh, they they pack their families into the car. So there are maybe two or three, four, five families in a vehicle. And so from 9 to 11, Saturday mornings, we have cars going through and we're loading somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 pounds of food per family into the back of their vehicle. And from all we've seen and all we've understood, uh, that 70 pounds of food is providing them with a week to 10 days worth of food. It expands their budget. It allows them to not have to make a decision of do I pay the water bill or do I feed my kids? Because the food we're, we're, we're distributing is principally meat and veggies. We don't do – we do very little when it comes to carbs. Uh, we have the bread. And we have bagels. But beyond that, it's meat and it's veggies. And it's uh, – it's just beautiful. So if somebody's listening and wants to know how they can get involved, I'm assuming there's ways that the community and businesses can be involved in helping you. Oh, absolutely. How, how can they do that? No, there's a couple of ways. First thing is uh, our website, which is Satisfeed, S as in Sam, A, T as in Tom, I, S as in Sam, F as in Frank, E, E, D as in David, dot O-R-G. Now, if you put it into your spell check, it's going to come up satisfied. So <laughs> make sure it's Satisfeed, dot O-R-G. Uh, that's the first place. And then um, uh, my telephone number is uh, 470 202 8114, and that hits my hip, uh, whether it be a text or a voicemail or a phone call. And then the other way is what I call show and tell. 
the show and tell process is pretty simple. Um, I remember growing up in elementary school, you know, the dad would come in who's the fireman and he would tell all about being a fireman. And I just, wow, this is cool. So I thought, why don't I invite my guests to, to show and tell? And it works. Usually what happens is they, they will come on campus to kick our tires to see what are we doing? How are we doing it? Why are we doing it? Then they leave they get, they, and they register to volunteer. So they become a first-time volunteer and then they come a second time and they bring their friends or they bring their family. And that's what's really important for me is middle school, high school, college, all the way up to the, the blue hairs. <laughs> and believe me, I got Careful some blue there. Well, <laughs> or, or no hair. <laughs> Anyhow, um, they all come and volunteer. And it is, I have, uh, we, ha- we need about 35 volunteers a week. And uh, they will help to distribute twenty to 25,000 pounds of food in that two-hour period of time. And we look like a mass unit because I don't have any interior storage space. So I have, I have six containers, four of which are refrigerated and, and two which are dry. And that's where we store our assets. Uh, we store our, our two forklifts, all of our pallet jacks, and then all of the food, whether it be frozen, refrigerated, or shelf-stable, we have the capacity to store it. And then we roll it out Saturday mornings at 6 o'clock in the morning. We roll it in at 1 o'clock Saturday afternoons, and it's like we weren't – we were never there. Mm. Uh, how about – yeah, there are ways for businesses that might be want to financially support you. Are there, are there ways to do that? Great question. Um, right now, um, I, I, I'm at a I'm at a tipping point because I love food drives. Food drives are are just phenomenal, and we can we, we can give the business a list of the primary items that we need, and. They collect it and then they bring it to us or they can call us and we can go out and pick it up. Usually what happens is the employees will go to Kroger, Ingalls, or Publix and they'll spend 20 bucks. And that 20 bucks will maybe include a dozen items from macaroni and cheese to whatever. And that's great. If they were to take that same $20 and donate it to us, we would be able to distribute 80 meals. Wow. So uh, I love the food. It's going to go. We're going to distribute it. But it's more cost effective for us if they make the the $20 donation. And – Interestingly enough, that twenty uh, a twenty five dollar donation will feed a family of three for a month, three meals a day for for a month. Wow! 
Awesome. So if you guys are listening, you just heard two great organizations and two gentlemen are doing great things in the community, helping other people. Uh, other than the reason why you just shared your story and why you started Satisfied, share why it's important to be part of the community. I have the unusual opportunity to look my guests in the eye, every single vehicle, not only see their pain, but see their joy and their relief that they're getting food. And I know food is a very, very, very simple item, but the difference that it makes from the infant to the great-grandparent, it's life-changing. We were talking about schools earlier. In the typical classroom of 30 students, right now, 15 of those students are food insecure. Mm. The teacher doesn't know which ones they are, but Hunger exists. Food insecurity exists. Hunger exists. Food deserts exist. And food waste exists. And those four elements, if we can get them to work together, we overcome hunger. We overcome food insecurity. We overcome deserts. And we overcome waste. Um. You know, it's amazing. You talked about the the life changing thing, and it's, and to me, it's those little things, right? Everybody thinks talks about these big big things. It's the little things that make the differences. Not saying the big things don't, but the little things make more differences than than the big things. I love doing the smaller community events um, because I can see the community come together, have fun, and then the the effect it has on whoever I'm doing the event for, uh, even if it's just a smaller check versus a very large check you know and as somebody pointed out to me uh, not too long ago that what i'm doing um you know these are even smaller than than Arioki, but what i'm doing and i never thought about this is i'm helping provide the daily um financial means for these nonprofits. it's kind of cool well you know what amazes me ron if you excuse me but you sure. know listen to tim's story and knowing mine and knowing yours you know, there's so many great charities out there, so many good charities, and there's a lot of great companies. And the things why they all get service is because of the passion that the people have mm-hmm. for a particular thing. Some people say, I hate to see people go hungry. Some people say, and 9-11 affected me deeply, and that's why I got involved with the firefighters. And that's why Charlie Darian, my title sponsor with Charlie's Angels Movers, got involved with me. And she said, as long as Chuck's doing this, I'm going to be the title sponsor because everybody's got a passion about something. I mean, uh, some people don't care about sponsoring Arioki because – they may be passionate about feeding people, mm-hmm. and some people won't feed people because they're more concerned about the firefighters based on what they've got or who they've had. And fortunately, Charlie and I have had the same passion for the three years. But the same people, she, like she supports you too, but there are other people that support every charity out there. But from my personal perspective, if you tell your story enough, you're going to find somebody that wants to help. And if they tell somebody, if they tell somebody, that's how we make this place a better place to live, this world. That's another reason why I started this show. I mean, because there's too much ma- mainstream negative media. Let's pump all the positive we can back out there. 
Um, what I love too, is we had a couple weeks ago, we had Doug Belisle, who was the director for the good neighbor homeless shelter in Cartersville. And you and he have the same terminology, which I think is awesome. It's their guests. They're not, you know, I just like that, you know, cause they're being respected, right? No matter what their circumstances, they're still being respected. And I just think that's really, really cool. Um, I got a couple of questions I'd like to ask both of you. Um, and Chuck, we'll start back with you. Um, I always like to kind of wrap a show up in this way. But before I do that, I do want to do one house cleaning or house cleaning, house maintenance, whatever you want to housekeeping. call it. Housekeeping. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's that live moment. Um, we will not have a show next week. Next weekend is my wedding anniversary, and I'm taking Congrats. my wife. Congrats. Thank you. To Decatur, Alabama for their hot air balloon festival. So if I'm not if I'm here and not on the road with her, I'm in trouble. I've always wanted to be in a hot air balloon. Can I come? Sure. You can take my spot because I will not be in a hot air balloon. How many years? It'll be seven. Congrats. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank Patty you. and I celebrate 45 next Saturday. Awesome. What? Your anniversaries are the same weekend, too? Wow. I can't take it. I yeah. can't take all these things. Right? It's amazing. I don't have an anniversary. <laughs> you will in a year. <gasps> Truth. I guess I will. Yeah. What is that one? Recovering from my surgery. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, actually, you technically have one every single year on your birthday. It's I prefer not to talk about that. <laughs> so, all right, real quick, I do like to ask this question because, uh, I mean, everybody's heard your stories, what you're passionate about, why you're doing what you're doing. I'd just like for each of you to share uh, either a quote, a term, a piece of positive nugget people can live today and beyond with. So, Chuck, what you want to start with? Wow, I'm going to cry if I do this. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is Jimmy Valvano's. If you laugh, if you think, and you are brought to tears in the day, that's a good day. That's awesome. Awesome. Tim, how about you? A day without a smile is not a good day. Sounds like a Barry Manilow song. There you go. There you go. I know you've done this before, Sharon, but give me one. I really think it's very important to treat people how you want to be treated. It's kind of the basic golden rule. But I do think if you lead with that, that it just kind of it exponentially touches people. So, yeah, treat people how you want to be treated. Be kind. I, I like to. Yes. I like what Doug shared earlier because all of these are, are the great too. And you think about all of them. But when Doug was here, it puts us all in perspective that we all have to think about. Everybody has a story. So I don't care if you're having a bad day or a good day. Remember that person, whoever you're dealing with, has a story and something's going on. And you have the same same thing going on. So, Chuck, Tim, I really appreciate you guys coming and sharing your stories, sharing what your passions are and how you're involved with the community and doing what you're doing. Everybody listening, let's remember, let's be positive, let's be charitable.